Muted. Uh, lots of exciting things coming up over this next week. I mean, one of the big things that's taking place is baptism next week, and we've got a number of people who uh, are going to be baptized, so we're really looking forward to that. Come out to Michler's. I'll just go ahead and put my stake in the ground. He said Mickler's, Michler's, right? I'm, I'm hitting it there. So uh, we hope that you will join us out there. I think 1030 is when we're meeting out there. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. 1030 out there at Michler's. You'll look for uh, all the Fathom fam. And uh, speaking of Fathom fam, I'm so thankful for the Fathom fam that's in the room today. But I want to shout out all of our Fathom fam online that are watching from your home, different cities, different parts of our city. Hey, if you're in the room today, can you just show some love to our Fathom fam all over the place today? <clears throat> Amen. We're just... We're just one big family, a lot of different rooms these days, and so we're thankful for that, thankful for technology that we get to uh, stay connected and run this race uh, together. I know many of you uh, didn't grow up in church. Um, I, <clears throat> I grew up in church. My parents uh, volunteered a lot in the church, and so we were there um, really uh, often, and my parents played in the band. My parents are in full-time ministry now, but a long time ago, they were volunteers, and they played in the band, and on Tuesday nights, they would have their rehearsal and uh, in our old uh, church, and, and the stage was kind of lifted up, and there were some rooms down beneath, and uh, me and my brother would go into this room while my parents were rehearsing up in, uh, upstairs, and we would hang out in there. And I'm going to show my age, but it was like uh, a 13-inch tube TV. Kids, do you know how big a 13-inch tube TV is? It's like the size of the tablet, right? It's like the size of the tablet, but it was also that thick. That's how you know it's old. How thick the, the TV is tells you how old it was. And on Tuesday nights, I would watch the same show. Me and my brother watched the same show during the rehearsal. And it was a show that, you know, many of you, anybody that's younger than me, you will not know this show. Um, anybody that's older than me, you will, you will join me in recognizing the show. It was called Rescue 911. Does anybody remember... Some rescue, I heard somebody said they love that show, right? It could be found on YouTube. Um, it, it was hosted by the one and only Bill Shatner. William Shatner hosted Rescue 911. So every Tuesday night, we would go down there, and William Shatner would babysit us while my parents uh, had their rehearsal, and, and we had um, a really scarring time. Because here's the thing about Rescue 911, for those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about, it's a docudrama. It's a docudrama, so it's like a documentary of like real things that happen, but they're like dramatic retellings of this, so, and, and they're terrifying. They're very terrifying. Some of these things, it messed me up. It scarred me for life. Uh, one of those things was uh, the episode about the escalator. This, you know, like a, when I'm teaching my kids to get on an escalator, they're kind of like Buddy the Elf. You remember the Buddy the Elf where he's like scared of the escalator? He's never been on this before. And there's a reason why we should be afraid of this because this lady, she got like her skirt or her pants legs stuck in the escalator and it ripped her into it. Yes, terrifying worst case scenario, and then they slap it, and then they have to call 911, and so they retell all this, and every episode is like some freak accident that as a child, I take is that's going to happen the next time I get on an escalator, right? Everything, I'm kind of scarred by these things, and to, to make matters worse, uh, we would kind of get, you know, finish our rescue 911 uh, babysitting time, and then we would go and run around this very dark church by ourselves, and it was a church that had long, dark hallways. And I think there should, they, those should be outlawed. There should not be such a thing as long, dark hallways in a church because it's literally the creepiest thing you could ever do, like just the long, dark hallway. So we left Rescue 911 to be creeped out in the dark hallways by ourselves. And still to this day, if I come up on a dark hallway, which you'll never find one here on this campus or any building we ever build, 
because I don't think they should be allowed. But if I come up on a dark hallway, I'm just going to assume this is my time to get my exercise in, and I'm just going to sprint. I'm just going to run through there. I'm like, do-do-do-do-do, just run through there to get through the terrifying dark hallway. You guys obviously aren't scared by dark hallways like I am, but I'm a little bit freaked out by them. And I feel like for a lot of us in these days, like we would like to run through the very dark hallway that is 2020. We feel like we've been living in the docudrama of Rescue 911, worst case scenarios taking place in our life and in our world, and we've been living that out, and I, I know so, mo- so many of us, we feel like oh, we're being scarred by this in some ways, so many of us are just like ready to move on, ready to run through the dark hallway, and I just want to bring a really encouraging word to you today, a very, a very simple word, but I believe we got to let this simple word get to our heart because I, I know the solutions that our world needs right now are complex. They're more c- complex than what any of us can figure out. We talked about that a little bit last week. But I think the solution is still really simple, and I, I want to just offer three simple truths today about light. And so really the title of today's message is Free to Be. We've been in this series called Free to Be, Free to Be Light. So three simple truths that Jesus gives us about light, and I think behind those is an invitation to each one of us from Jesus. And the first truth about light that we need to know, it's real simple. You guys ready for it? Jesus is the light of the world. That's that's the first simple truth we need to be reminded of in this season, that he is the light of the world. If you'll remember last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit has eternally existed. From the very beginning of Genesis, the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God, hovered out over the waters, over the chaos of the, the formless void that was uh, the pre existent earth, so to speak, of the cosmos. The Spirit hovered out over, but it's, it's, it wasn't just the Father and the Spirit that have, have eternally existed. But John chapter 1 tells us, verses 1 through 5, that Jesus was, uh, has eternally existed as well. Let's read that together. In the beginning was the Word. Uh, in the Gospel of John, you have to know anytime you see a capital W, that uh, John is using a literary device to talk about Jesus. So only in the Gospel of John, he's the only one that does this, has a lot of literary kind of development of uh, his Gospel. And one of those things, we'll talk about another one here in just a second, but one of those things is the capital W means Jesus. So in the beginning was the Word, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and the, Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Think, think about that. So it was the Spirit of God that was hovering out over the waters of the cosmos, but everything that has been made, when God said after it was done, it is good, because it was made in the pattern of a son. It, it was made in, in, in his perfection. So without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I, I think some of us need to be reminded that Jesus is not overcoming this season. He's the light of the world. Another literary device that John uses throughout his gospel is what are known as seven I am statements throughout the gospel of John. He says where Jesus declares and makes these declarations of who he is. He's um, the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He's the gate. He's, uh, he's the good shepherd. There's all these different ones. He's the vine or he's the true vine. And one of those in John uh, chapter 8 verse 12 is that he is the light of the world. Jesus declares, this is who he is. And just to understand the very basics of, of how scientifically darkness and light work, darkness exists. It just exists everywhere until light is shed on it, right? 
you walk into the room, it's all darkness until what? Until you flip the light on and then where's the darkness? Can't find it. It doesn't exist when light is shed on it. And I feel like so many people in our day and age, so many people right now in our world are trying to treat the darkness, trying to solve the darkness, trying to combat the darkness with more darkness. But, but that's not how, how you get rid of darkness. How you get rid of darkness is light. People are trying to solve the, the injustice over here with more injustice, the violence over here with more violence, the hatred with more hatred. Dr. King said it better than I could, ever could. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And we've got to understand this first and basic principle about light is that he's the light of the world. He's the, he's the solution. Look, I know the problems are complex. I know the solutions are complex, but we can't run past all those things and forget that Jesus is the solution. I know we need to be sensitive with so many things, but, but, but we can't be so sensitive that we forfeit the solution that is Jesus, that he's the light in your heart today. If you're feeling kind of dark and, and down, he, he's the light. If your home is feeling dark and depressed right now, Jesus is the light and he will not be overcome by anything, uh, darkness, he's already overcome it, and we can stand on that truth today. The, the light enables us to see. It, in fact, darkness is often used throughout the New Testament as our position when we were in sin. <clears throat> we were blinded to the truth. It's because of the grace of God that that he, rev- he pulls that veil back so that we can plainly see. And he reveals to us our sinfulness. And he reveals to us our need for a Savior. The, the, the light enables us to see, but it reveals sin. I think right now there's so many things that are going on in our world, but I believe there's some light being shown on some things that's actually needed to come to light so that change can happen, so that reformation can happen. And I'm not just talking about things in the world. I'm talking about in the church. I'm talking about in God's people in which some things are being revealed, oh, I, 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 I didn't really have like a real strong relationship. I, I, I was just doing it off of the crowd. I was just kind of running that race, and now like I, I don't know what I have anymore. Oh man, I was kind of uh, just obsessed with all my entertainment, and now that that's gone, I've had to kind of figure out what my life looks like again. Jesus is the, the light of the world, and, and we have a choice today to, I think the invitation to us is to tune into the light. Because he's going to reveal, and when he reveals, the light's going to transform. When he comes into it, it's going to transform. And so maybe you're someone who's been running from God for a long time. It's very dark in your heart right now. But, but through all this, God is just shining his light into your heart, and, and we just need to make a choice to receive him and, and allow his light to be shown us because it's going to reveal and it's going to transform. And thirdly, it'll guide us. His truth will guide us. The, the truth of his word will guide us. We don't have to know every step we need to take from here till kingdom come. We just need to let his word and his truth guide us. Psalm 119 says, your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light. It's my path. He's the light. We can trust in him. And we just, I think the invitation from Jesus on this first note of truth that he's the light of the world was we just need to make a choice to tune into the light. Tune into the goodness of his light. I've heard from so many people this week. Hey, pastor, if you need to get hold of me, I've deactivated my social media. So text or call me or, or email me or fax me. No one said fax me. Um, 
Yeah. Um, they, they said, you know, I've deactivated my social media. I'm just tuning that out right now. I've heard other people say, I've turned off the news. I'm not watching the news anymore. It's exhausting me. And I'm like, awesome. Very cool. But I just need to make sure. I know we're tuning off, turning out, but what are we tuning into? Are we tuning from one dark thing into like really dark Netflix shows and like binging on that? Like darkness to darkness? Like that's... It's not actually going to help us. We're just moving from one darkness to another darkness. Are we tuned in the light? Like, what's our reading of the word look like recently? What's it look like for us to reach out to the people of God? Or are we making intentions right now in our heart and our mind that I'm going to connect in a group, whether it's online or in person. I need to be around some people that are in the light that can help me stay connected, tune in to the light. We've got all kinds of amazing groups. I hope you'll Make an effort to do that. It's so easy uh, now to do that. And so I just want to challenge you. Make an effort to tune in to the light. That's the invitation we receive from Jesus today. The second truth that, that we've got to know about life, and, and it's so simple. I told you it's a simple message, that you're the light of the world. But I thought you said Jesus is the light of the world. I know what I said. Um, but I didn't make this up. Jesus said this. Jesus said he's the light of the world. And he also said at the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through verse 7 is, is what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' big first message. He's coming out of the gates, and he comes out hot and heavy. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Wait, do what? <laughs> blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. And they, the, bless those who are mourned, and they shall inherit the earth. He goes through all this, and then we get down to verse 14 through 16, and here's what Jesus says. He's looking out to people who are brand new disciples, if they're even disciples of Jesus at this point. Just a crowd that's hearing the gospel for the very first time, just opening his sermon. And he just says this, you are the light of the world. You're a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The second truth is, is you're the light of the world. I, I love this text. There's, there's so much to love about it. But I just love the simplicity of Jesus' declaration as if to say, not one day become the light of the world. And I think that's what most of us think. Well, one day, I really hope to make a difference. I, I hope by the time my life is over, I will have, you know, been a bright light in the world. Maybe you wouldn't say it's so corny, but something that you'd make a difference in the world in a positive way. And Jesus doesn't say, like, no, no, get your act together. And once you get your act together, give it five years, go through all these classes, and then you can be the light of the world. That's not what he says. He just says it as if it is now. Like, you're the light of the world person who's never heard the gospel until this day, you're the light of the world. Like, he's saying go. Like, and we as a church, as a body, he's declaring this together that we're the light of the world. We're a town built on a hill. There was actually a town that Jesus was referring to that everyone would see when they passed through, that everybody would recognize. Can you just imagine that for your own life for a second? That when people would just come by you, They'd get an, an opportunity to interact with you. They'd get a chance to have a short conversation with you. Maybe you become deep friends. But every time, it's just like a city on a hill. Like You're, you're just such a bright spot. Don't, don't you love people like that you come across? I'm not talking about just people with positive attitudes, but I'm talking about people who carry the presence of God with them. Talked about why we need the Holy Spirit, and let me just keep that. 
because it's his love shining through us. It's his light that's shining through because we can't do that on our own. But so many of us, we've put in a bowl over our life. We've hid our faith, afraid to offend somebody, uh, afraid making excuses around our personality or what our place is, or we've had really jacked up views on what it means to be the body of Christ, and it's not, it, it has nothing to do with mission. We just make it about our comfort and make it about getting spiritually fat and not being the light of the world. Um, there's an old illustration. You've probably uh, heard this one, many of you. But it's of this little girl who's walking along a beach after a major storm. And there was like thousands of starfish. Do you, have you guys heard this one? There's like thousands of starfish that have washed up on uh, the beach shore. And she's walking through and she's grabbing one of them at a time and, and tossing them back into the ocean. And, and here's just a little trivia for you. Uh, for everybody in the room, uh, a starfish can last outside of the water. They can survive 28 hours, 28 hours. So if you ever come up on a starfish, you just need to ask them, how long have you been out of the water? And that makes you determine whether you throw it back in or you take it home. So you hear me, Emma? Just ask that starfish, have you been out of the water more than 28 hours? And then you take it home. Uh, and she keeps throwing it in there. And this, this older gentleman comes by and, and you know, he he sees this is cute. This little girl's throwing one starfish in at a time, and there's a, a full like seashore full of starfish. And he goes, "You know, you're not you can't make a difference. Like, what's the point in throwing that one in? There's thousands of here. You're never going to save them all." And she goes, "I know." She goes, "But I made a difference in that one, and I made a difference in that one." And she just continues to throw one at a time. And who who knows how many she got in the ocean? But I think it goes to us just to remind us, as Jesus tells us, "You're the light of the world." The needs of our world are completely overwhelming. They're totally overwhelming. And people with the gift of mercy and discernment and people that are attuned to it recognize that. But don't, don't be deer in headlights in this season. Just know we can make a difference in that one. And we can make a difference in that one. And I don't know if you've ever seen a, a total blackout anywhere. I know we get blackouts from here from time to time. I I saw a video on YouTube of, in Venezuela a, a couple years ago. They had a total blackout in one of their major cities, and everything just goes dark all of a sudden. But then, then slowly, as the power gets restored, a light pops up over here, and a light pops over here and here, and then eventually a whole street is lit up. And I would just remind you, as we just make a difference, to be the light of the world, and, and the goal is not, hey, look at us. No, no, it's, it's that they would glorify our Father in heaven. That's, that's what the text says, that they would give God glory. They would look through your, your kindness. They'd look through your generosity, and, and, and they would say, maybe, maybe God is good. I've been through a lot this year in the past five years, but, but maybe God is good and, and I, can, I can have a relationship with him. Somehow through us, um, we, can, we can make a difference. And one of the most impactful scriptures in all of my walk with the Lord happened as an early teen um, in which I heard Galatians 2.20 as I'd given my life to the Lord and trying to understand, God, I can't do this. I can't live up to this purpose, this plan you have for me. God, it feels very dark. There's a lot of things in my life that need to be cleaned up. And then I read Galatians 2.20, which simply says, that I don't live anymore. It's not me who lives anymore. I've been crucified with Christ. And the life I now live in the body is just, it's just Christ living through me. 
And that's simply how we do this. And every day when we say, help me, Holy Spirit, help me be transformed, help me know your truth, help me walk in your power, help me be um, uh, the light of the world. When we say that, we allow his spirit, we crucify the flesh in order to be that light of the world. Just like there's an invitation for us to tune into the light, there's also an invitation to be the light. Invitation to, to, to let our light shine before all men. So I just want to ask you a couple of quick questions. One is, in what ways have you been letting your light be covered by a bowl? What excuses, can I say it like that? What excuses have you used to cover up the light that Jesus says is in you? what's present there that's keeping you from being the light? And the second question is a little different. What would it look like this week to put your light on a lampstand? What, what would it look like to shine brightly with the light of the world, with Jesus Christ living in and through us? What would that look like in your sphere of influence to, to put your faith on a lampstand? Not to rub it in anybody's face, faith, face, but to, just to be faithful with shining a light, with, with doing good deeds, with loving our neighbor and making a difference in our world. I want to encourage you to, to be, be the light. Be the light this week. And the third thing, uh, the third truth that I think is so important uh, that we understand today, it's, it's very simple. Not only is Jesus the light of the world, not only are you the light of the world, the third truth about light is that his burden for you is light. His burden for you is light. I am the uh, certified grocery getter around my house. Anybody certified grocery getter? Anybody? Well, yeah, there's my grocery getters. What's up? Those are my people. Uh, I've gone to a lot more delivery these days um, than in years past. But when I bring the groceries home, uh, my boys, I've got two boys, uh, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And uh, I call Taryn as I'm pulling in, hey, send the troops out. I'm ready for help. And they love to come. And, and as they come to the tailgate, they are ready for the heaviest stuff, right? They are heavy. They're ready for the milk. They're ready for the, the pack of LaCroix. They're, they're ready for all the heavy stuff. And, and I, I know better than that because <laughs> they're not as strong as they think they are. Sorry, boys, you're not as strong as you think you are. So what do I do? I grab the bag of tortilla chips and I grab the, the loaf of bread. I'm like, you can carry this. I don't trust you with that. You take this because this is all you need to carry for your size. As you get older, maybe you can carry a little bit more. And I'm just reminded today that so many of us are carrying stuff that we're not designed, we're not built to carry. And Jesus said it very plainly in, in Matthew chapter 11, um, verses 28 through 30. He said it very plainly to his disciples, and he's speaking out to the crowd, and he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble at heart, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There, there's a third invitation to us today, not just to tune into his light, not just to be the light, but to receive that his burden is light and to come and find rest for our souls. I don't know about you, but in this season, I've had more sleepless nights than I care to remember. I've had nights in which I was just stressed and anxious about different things. And I've heard that from a lot of people. There's, I haven't slept real well in the past few days. I've been worried about this financial situation, worried about this that's going on. And I just want to remind you today, whatever burdens you're carrying, you can come to the Father. 
and know that his burden for you is like, that's not my invitation to you today. This isn't my, this is Jesus's words to you, that he's the light of the world, that you're the light of the world, and his burden for you is light, that you don't have to be heavy laden. You, you can get in the yoke with Jesus. It's a picture of like two oxen working together and that I'm not doing this alone. And so many of us, we're, we're doing it alone. We're running the race alone. And I'm not just talking about in relationship with one another, but I'm talking about truly in your heart. You're not trusting a God. You're trusting in yourself. You're trying to show off what you can lift in this, what you can carry in this season. And I'm just, just encouraging you to, to, he's gentle and he's inviting you to come to just lay down some heavy burdens. There's some heavy things. I think the word heavy it's just another word for hurting. I think so many people are hurting in our day and age. So many people are burdened down. And, and maybe you started this year with a joyful outlook. Maybe you were really excited about what's taking place, but this whole season has kind of brought you to a darkened outlook. You're walking through depression. Just anxious about what's going to happen then and what's, the, what's this going to happen? I got to figure this out and I got to do all this. And then all of a sudden, I need to help this person and what's going on with this system and I've got to figure this out. And then all of a sudden, we've got this heaviness on us. But I, I want you to know this year's not over. And I want to read a passage out of Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, Jesus actually repeats it. Um, briefly in Luke chapter 4. He doesn't read the whole thing, but when Jesus brings up something, and quotes something from the Old Testament, from the law or from the prophets, what he's doing is saying, open that tab and read it. He's pointing their attention back. He's not saying, I'm going to quote the whole thing here, but he'll quote a piece of it in order for people to go back and think about it because they've memorized it. Like these Pharisees, they'd memorize everything. So he's bringing them back to it. And I want to go to Isaiah 61 because Jesus declares this at the beginning of his ministry I believe it's a word for us today, an encouraging word that this year is not over. I know we want to run through the dark hallway. I, I, I know we've been locked into the, the craziest docudrama that we've ever experienced in our life. It feels like we've been living Rescue 911. But I want to remind you that God's plans, and when Jesus steps on the scene, when light comes, this is what Jesus quotes, and he quotes back to this. Uh, Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, and He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of gladness or of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, which often gets translated a spirit of heaviness. Praise instead of heaviness. Joy instead of mourning. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. The light of the world. That God is doing something in the season. I think we have a, a choice how we're going to go through this season. How are we going to come out of this season? Are we going to come out bitter? Are we going to come out depressed? Are we going to come out anxious? Or some stuff? Do, are we going to be reminded that Jesus is the light of the world? And when he steps on the scene, ashes are, are, go away. And, and mourning turns into joy. And heaviness turns into a garment of praise. 
And, I, and I'm calling to you, to you today to just put on that garment of praise, put, put on that spirit of freedom that he has so generously gifted us. Don't stay in the darkness because he's the light of the world. Don't keep it hidden because you are the light of the world. And don't stay heavy because his burden for you is light. I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray with you today. Come on, let's pray together right where you're at in your home, sitting at your kitchen table right here in the room. There's three invitations to us today to tune into the light, to be the light, and to take on and find rest for our soul because his burden is light. God, we thank you for this moment in time, this moment we have together just declaring the truth of your word, God, that if we're weary, if we're tired, we can come to you today, God. And maybe, maybe some of us, we're not weary and tired, but, but we're just waking up. God, I've kind of let my light be hidden. I've just been kind of doing my own thing. And I have an opportunity to shine that brightly, God. I pray that today, God, darkness would begin to shift. It'd begin to tremble, God, at the name of Jesus. God, in our circles and spheres of influence, God, we would just, we'd walk out of here today and just be reminded, God, we're the light. We can go and, and bring lightness and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring, it's gonna bring uh, light and, and, and reveal some things and transform some things because we're going there with your spirit and with your presence, God. So right now, God, we just, we respond to the invitation to tune into you. Respond to the invitation to be your light, God, so that people may see you and know you. God, and we come and we bring every heavy burden. Church, no matter where you're at, if you're online or in the room, there's people to pray with you right here over at the cross. There's someone in the comments that's ready to reach out to you, start a relationship. You can text 97,000 to Fathom. Somebody's going to reach out. You just have somebody pray with you and, and be right where you're at. If you're kept carrying something heavy or, or maybe you've never known Jesus, you've never had a relationship with him, man, open it up, tune into the light today. God, we thank you for your love. God, we open ourselves up and tune into the light today. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship together. Let's pray. Let's open ourselves to the invitation.